Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. It's great to see everyone here. For those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you could, just drop a line in the comments. Let us know you're joining us here this morning. For everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand and worship with us?
You guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you. Church, I love that song, and that's our prayer, is that Christ would be enough and that we would be the ones every single day saying, I will follow Jesus. There's no turning back. Amen. I love that song. Thank you, guys. That was wonderful. Hey, listen, I want to share with you um, that we're so glad that you're here. We're glad you're joining us this morning uh, amidst the cold, amidst the negative three last night. You know, we're glad that you're here, and uh, there's, it's warm in here. I feel like I've seen it on the church sign, you know, like it's cold outside, but it's warm in here. We've got a message for you kind of thing. Um, but uh, listen, if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here. If you're visiting us, you're here in the building, please uh, check out the Welcome Center. They'd love to talk with you and give you a free gift by just saying thanks for hanging out with us this morning, for visiting Crossroads and, and joining us this morning. If you're online, let us know, and we'd love to connect with you online. And I want to share with you that um, this coming Tuesday, we're having our Refuel One Day Conference. And so we're having speakers um, from Liberty University and other churches in, in, um, in the, that area are going to come up. And we also have a couple people coming from, well, somebody coming from Ohio to speak. And listen, there's going to be a, a, just a wonderful spirit here on Tuesday. As we just gather, we're going to talk about discipleship, helping people grow. And it's for anybody. It's free. There's a free lunch, and there's also breakouts available. You can see all kinds of information about the event, the whole schedule. Uh, it starts at 9 uh, with registration. At 9.30, the conference starts, and then it will be done by 3 o'clock. Uh, and so we're going to be having that this Tuesday, so check out our website, and uh, please sign up, and uh, then you can pick your breakouts, and it's going to be a wonderful day on the 25th, which is Tuesday of this coming week. So we're looking forward to refuel on Tuesday. And then I also want to encourage you to uh, make sure that you grab one of the, the, the books in the lobby, uh, 21 Dangerous Prayers, uh, and also join us as a church as we go for the next 21 days, uh, and, and we pray, and if you choose to fast, uh, to fast as well, um, maybe fasting from a meal. I know some of you, I've talked to you, you, you're fasting from maybe sugar or something different, and I think that's awesome, because when we fast, it's, it's helping us focus. Um, and so, first of all, we're asking God, not, hey, let's here, can you bless me more? But saying, God, change my heart. And so as you keep meeting with God every single day, we want to encourage you. So please grab one of those books as well as sign up uh, for our texting group. You can text it right now. You can text to the number 94,000, uh, the letters CR 21 days. Uh, and it will, we will encourage you every single day with scripture and uh, just a, a thought as you begin your day in prayer and meeting with God. So 21 days of prayer and asking, how can God change me? Because he will. So, and we encourage you to, to uh, be a part of that, and we're looking forward to just hearing the stories. If you go to our website, here's what we're interested in, church. If you go to our website on the front page, it has the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you click on that, there's a way that you can share a story of what God's teaching you. There's nothing more incredible than doing something like this as a church and hearing what's happening. How is God growing you? What is he challenging you with? We would love to hear that. So if you go on our front page of our website, crossroadsministries.com, crsmin.com, they all go to the same place, and go to the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting page on the front page, and, and there's a form you can send us a quick note. Here's what God's teaching me, and we would love to know that and know how the church is growing. So it's, it's already challenging and changing people's lives, and we'd love to hear about it. So let us know. And then also, I want to let you guys know that the birthday gift of Jesus continues to grow. So $100,000 was the goal, and then let's see where we're at right now. What has come in so far? $136,000. Thanks be to God. Isn't that incredible? 
So church, thank you for being faithful uh, and giving to the birthday gift of Jesus, continuing to give to the birthday gift of Jesus. It's, it's powerful, isn't it? And this is one of the things that just continues to challenge me and, and my growth. Uh, but I love seeing us do this as a church. It's so powerful. And, and on top of this, thank you, church, for being faithful and giving regularly. You know, thank you for giving online through the boxes on the wall and the mail and just being a part of this church and giving your finances to the Lord and asking him to use it. It's, it's a wonderful, incredible way to grow. And it's what Jesus, what he calls us to do is to be a part of uh, giving in all the areas of our life. So thank you for giving, church. Thank you. Um, God's been good to us, and he's growing us, and he's changing us, isn't he, church? And so this morning is going to be no different. We're going to say Christ is enough, and we're going to make Jesus' name famous. Would you guys pray with me as we continue on? Lord, what a, um, what a privilege it is to just hear your church sing uh, words like Christ is enough. Lord, or the battle belongs to you, God. I think that those are just the war cries of our hearts every day, God, that the battle belongs to you. And the more that we keep just spending time with you and we, and we get close to you, God, I think we realize that the battle is yours. Um, Lord, we just cannot fight it by ourselves. We cannot live this life alone. We can't live it by our own efforts. We have to be dependent on you. So, Lord, this morning as we open up your word, as we grow, and as we challenge ourselves to, to just spend time with you, and, Lord, as you challenge us as we spend time with you, God, we pray that we would just come to the end of the day and that we would know that you are enough, Jesus. You are enough through and through in every answer that we've tried to find for our own questions that, Christ, you are enough for us and that the battle belongs to you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the faithfulness of your church and giving to the birthday gift of Jesus uh, and giving uh, to the church and giving to your mission. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity we have to be here, to be crossroads, to call this church our home. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
been looking at Proverbs, been looking at Proverbs. How do we live like a pro? Well, God's given you all the things to do in His Word, how to do it. And, uh, and that, that, is, that is what we've been looking at here. This morning, we're going to look at an area that I think is really vital, that most people struggle with. As a matter of fact, I think everybody struggles with this. The average man loses his temper six times a week, I read somewhere. Six times a week. The average woman loses her temper only three times a week. Let's give those women a hand. Yeah, way to go. Yes, they're, they're very happy. We're, I'm very happy that you only do that three times a week, right? If you live in my house, no, 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 no. never happens, all right? Women get angry more often at people. Men get angry more often at things. Have you ever noticed that? Like, do you ever see a guy, you know, when the car's not working, he goes and kicks the tire? You know, he's just angry, just filled with anger. Uh, women tend to get mad because somebody said or whatever, okay? Um, single people tend to get, t- tend to express their anger two times, twice as time, two times, twice as much as married people. I would have thought that would be the other way around, wouldn't you? Unless you have more agitation. Oh, man, I gotta be careful. I'm really screwing that up, right? Um, listen, uh, we, 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 anger is everywhere. People deal with anger everywhere. Um, anger is typically expressed at home. That's the, that's the biggest place where you're going to let off your anger. The people that you love, the people that know you the best, you're going to see your anger, and you're going, they're going to be in that little war zone. Alexander the Great, he threw a fit of rage one time. He struck his favorite general. He hit him and he killed him. He was at, it was his best friend. He cried out, I've conquered the world, but I can't even conquer my own soul. How do we deal with this? How, I mean, listen, here, the greatest people, people that can do great things, man, they can't control their own temper. And so we see this all over society. We see, look at great leaders in our land that could do incredible things, but their temper, their anger has gotten in the way. And this happens in our life. And, you know, we're great leaders of our families. We're great leaders of our community and, and, and the things that we do here. We've got to come and we've got to get the wisdom of God. First Kings 3.9, we see that, uh, that, that Solomon had asked the Lord for wisdom. And he says it like this. He says, Lord, would you give me wisdom so that I might be able to discern between what is good and evil? That I may be able to know the difference between from what, what is right and wrong. And when you think about this, Solomon already knew what was right and wrong. He had the whole, he had the law. You go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They, he had all that. And as, as he went through there and he knew the law, he knew what was right from wrong. So he knew the list, but what he needed was wisdom. He needed wisdom to be able to make the right decision at the right time, to be able to um, not just ask, is, is it a sin? Have you ever noticed many people will make decisions on, hey, is this a sin? I think that's the wrong question. We ask ourselves all the time, well, I can do that. It's not a sin. Well, the very fact that you're questioning it is telling you that it's probably not a wise decision. Well, I can do that. That's not a sin. Really? Listen, God has given us wisdom. So the question to ask is not, is this a sin? Is this wise? Is this what God would have me to do? Would God really have me to act like this? Would God really have me to function in this manner and, and, and to do this particular activity? So as you go through your life and, and you're looking at different things that, that are troubling you, the question is not, hey, is this a sin? No, the question is, hey, is this 
wise? Is this what God would have me to do? And that's what Solomon asked of the Lord. He said, please, Lord, I need wisdom so that I know what to do, how to lead your people. <clears throat> and today, as we look at this topic of anger, I, I want to give you this, this idea of how can I handle my anger? Everybody has the anger. So how do I handle anger in general? Because either you have it or you see it in other people, right? So how do you handle an angry person? The scripture tells us how to handle an angry person. How do you deal with it? We're going to look at that. How do you deal with anger in your own life? We're going to look at that. First, I want to look at this, the very thought of anger, though. When you think of anger, anger is explosive, is it not? I mean, anger is the dynamite of the soul. When, when you get angry, man, there's psh, war goes off. As a result of that anger having that, that power, it has the ability to pulverize. I mean, it can come in and it can just level. So, so when that dynamite lights off, man, it can level and it can destroy. And so the first thought in your notes this morning here, I look, look, look here is this, is that anger has the power to disintegrate. Uh, read that with me. Anger has the power to disintegrate. Anger can come along and it can pulverize anything that gets in its way. Proverbs, 19, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 29 and 30 says that a patient man has understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. A heart at peace, a tranquil heart, gives life to the body, gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. I mean, listen, this, this goes down to this. I want you to catch this because, because anger is going to disintegrate many things in your life. Number one, it's going to disintegrate the body. As you look at your own health, anger, if you're holding anger on somebody, it will destroy your health. There are all kinds of research. You can go through and you can look at all the research. The research is abundant. There are many, many studies that have been done about the surges of, uh, of things that anger produces in your body. And when those surges occur, chemicals and adrenaline enter the bloodstream and your heart rate goes up. You get blood pressure problems. You get all kinds of things that start happening. Um, your blood flow increases. Your muscles tense. It creates a stress on your body. And so when you're dealing with anger and anger over and over and over, anger can create issues in your life. Anger can create issues in your thoughts. Uh, it can create a lot of depression. Many people that are depressed are dealing with anger. They're angry at somebody, something, something that happened to you. Um, there's, there's an anger that comes across, and anger can affect. It doesn't all, it's not always the cause. But it can affect your mind. It can affect your mind majorly. It can affect your, your body. Um, it, you know, there are studies that have linked anger to heart attacks. Imagine that. Now, not all heart attacks are caused by anger, but there are some that are caused by anger. So anger can disintegrate the body. He says there in Proverbs 14.30 that the tranquil heart gives peace. It gives life to the, life to the flesh. But the envy, that anger, is going to rot to the bone. And so I want to encourage you to think about your life. Think about the anger that you're dealing with in your life. Because everybody gets angry. Men, we get angry six times a week. Or more. I think sometimes I feel like I get that six times a day. There are other days I get that six times an hour, don't I? Why? Because I'm a human. We're going to deal with it. So anger is something that we must deal with. Anger will disintegrate community. Not only does it affect the body, but it affects the community. And I'm talking not just like Finlandville. I'm talking your community. 
Who's your community? That's your family, the people that you love the closest, the people that you are um, sitting with this morning, the people that you will go home to and talk to uh, after church and debrief life. Those are the people that get to see your anger, and those are the people that anger will disintegrate the most. The people that get to see that anger, the people that get to feel that anger, the people that see you at your worst moment, listen, it can destroy community. And look what Proverbs fifteen eighteen says, A hot-tempered man stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. This is what happens in our, within your life. A hot-tempered person stirs up arguments. And we're always angry and we're fighting all the time just to be win. Have you ever noticed that? You ever get in an argument and you say, I'm not going to win? Anger comes out. Man, somebody's got to win. Might as well be me. So just let me win, right? And, and, and so that's what happens. The, the anger comes out. And so you, you get this anger coming up. A hot-tempered person, what does he do? He stirs up trouble. He stirs up trouble in his family. He stirs up trouble in his community. He stirs up trouble at his job. And, and you can follow an angry person. As you follow an angry person, you'll see that an angry person, everywhere they go, there's conflict. And the, what, what is interesting is the person who is angry all the time can't see that he's the common denominator in all the conflicts. It's like, hey, you know what? I've been through this. I've been through that. And da da da. And they tell you their whole list of bad experiences. And every now and then I'll lean into somebody that I know and love dearly whenever they would say this. You have to have the right to lean into this, right? And I would say, do you realize what was the common thread in all three of those situations? You. Well, it couldn't be me. No, it couldn't. Maybe we need to look inside. Maybe the anger that we're having is because of me. I'm a hot-tempered person. I may have anger coming from somewhere else that I haven't been thinking about for years. I remember years ago when I went to get married. Um, you know, my dad and I, we struggled. There was, there was tension between me and my dad. And, uh, and, and a good friend of mine pulled me aside and said, Hey, if you don't deal with this anger, that will affect your marriage. Like the anger that you have towards your dad will come out and it will affect your marriage. So I'll tell you what I did before I got married. I said, I'm going to heed wise counsel. This is somebody I love dearly, spoke into my heart and soul. And I said, I'm going to deal with his anger. And so I dealt with the forgiveness issues, whatever it was that needed to be dealt with at that time. And I said, okay, God, free me from this. I don't want to be an angry person. And somebody said, you're not angry around all of us. You're not angry around these people over here. But I'll tell you what, we notice that whenever your dad's name comes up, you get really angry. So you've got to deal with this because if you don't, you're going to have angry, 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 and you're going to destroy and you're going to pulverize everywhere you go. And I thank God for people that have spoken into my life like that through the years. Because... Excuse me, because that meant so much to me, and that was scriptural. A hot-tempered man stirs up conflict. A quick-tempered man, Proverbs 14, 7, 14, 17 says that a quick-tempered man does foolish things. When you're angry, do you typically make the most sense then? <laughs> no. When I'm angry, I can barely speak. <laughs> when you're angry, you, you, you go and, uh, you know, men, we, we tend to, 
you know, we, we, we tend to pulverize anything in our way. And so we'll do stupid things. People with hot temper do stupid things. But the one who, de- the one who devises evil schemes is hated. So listen, as somebody who's in, into this temper, man, nobody wants to be around somebody with a temper. Your temper makes everybody walk on eggshells. It makes everybody stand away. And God says, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you need for this. I'm going to help you with this. Uh, the next thing is, is wisdom it disintegrates your ability to, uh, to have wisdom. It really does. It disintegrates that, the ability to, to choose those, to make wise choices. Uh, Proverbs 14.29 says that a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. After you've blown up, after you've had a, a, an anger burst, an explosion, have you ever felt pretty, pretty much like a fool afterwards? Haven't you? Like, man, you just... And, and this explosion went up, and then you're feeling all bad. After you've had time to debrief, you come back, and you're like, i gotta, I got to apologize. i got to say I'm sorry. And you, you know why? You know why you felt like a fool? <laughs> because you were. That's what the Scripture says here. The Scripture says it real clear. That he who is quick-tempered displays foolishness. So you're displaying the foolishness. Uh, it disintegrates your ability to, uh, to uh, disintegrate your will. Listen, just your whole ability to make right decisions, to make an intelligent decision. Proverbs 19.19 19 says that a man of great anger will bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again and again and again, and again. Here's what happens when we go to anger. Anger is the most addictive human emotion that we have. And when you go to anger, it's like an addiction. So we can go into that and... The next thing comes my way... So you just blown up and you, you have all this issue. You go out and you go just drive the car down the road and somebody cuts you off. Another war goes off, right? The temper just keeps flying off and, and all this anger is flying everywhere. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. His penalty is that you can't fix him. Only God can do that. You see, if I go over to, to somebody that is mad and angry and angry... And angry, and, and listen, it doesn't say that to never help them. It says, listen, you've got to understand something. When you go to help an angry person, man, you're only going to rescue them, and then you'll rescue them again, and then you'll rescue them again. And God says, listen, you've got to understand that that person is addicted to the anger. And anger is a cycle. It is a cycle. It goes over and over and over. It leads you to denial. When you are angry, you are in denial of it. Most of the time when I'm angry, somebody else has to tell me. Have you ever done that? You know, I remember years ago when I was uh, just learning, learning a few things about uh, dealing with people. One of the things they said was to repeat back their emotion to them. And they had this videotape and the guy comes in, you know, Parent, you know, it was in the setting of a parent of a teenager, and the parent of a teenager comes in, blah, 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 blah. And the counselor's sitting there and goes, so I see that you're very angry today. Listen, nobody can see it. 
in yourself at the moment that you're angry. Nobody can see it till later. And so, so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Folks, how do we handle others with anger? Oh, listen, you cannot invest your highest amount of time with an angry person. And I want to encourage you as, as uh, the people that you know and love the most. There is victory. We're going to show that victory here today, how to have victory over anger. But know that your reasoning isn't going to be the solve to their anger. There's anger somewhere. It could be anger at something that you're not even aware of that must be dealt with. Um, I, you know, you've heard somebody say, well, I'm not angry. I'm just speaking my mind. What that is, is that's denial. We're denying this over and over and over. You have more anger, and then it brings on more problems. Your anger brings problems. Then you're more angry because there's more problems. Then the bigger the problems get, the bigger your anger gets. And then you just get angry and angry and angry, and anger's going off the chart. So we tend to deny our anger, but yet we become so addicted to the, to the explosiveness of the anger. One counselor wrote it like this. <clears throat> One person wrote this to their counselor. I'll just read this note. It says, Dear counselor, you told the mother of a three-year-old with anger problems to let him kick the furniture when he got mad. My brother is now 32 years old. He is still kicking the furniture, what's left of it, and his wife, and his kids, and anything else that gets in the way. And here was just somebody that doesn't even know God writing into a newspaper that says, hmm, anger is addictive. Oh, you said let him get it out of a system at three years old and just kick whatever in the way. In the meantime, oh, that wasn't the right answer. We've got to go to the root. We've got to deal with the heart. We have to come and, and take and deal with this anger because if you don't, he's going to become so addictive to it that you can't rescue him. Only God will be able to deliver him. And thanks be to God that he delivers us. Amen? That's the victory, folks. Anytime we look in God's word, when God shows us a problem, there's always an answer. Oh, I am so thankful for that. But I want you to catch the wisdom. So you're dealing with somebody at work who's angry. And you will find out that they're probably angry at everybody. Oh, they may be angry at you today. You'll make friends with them. And they'll be angry at the next person tomorrow. And, and you just watch this. And, and I, through the years, I've watched people like this, uh, just friends in general, that have be you know, you say, oh, they're angry here. And they'll talk about this friend that was angry, somebody at work. And then they'll say, oh, we squared up. And then they'll say that that person who was angry went and blew up on the next person. And it was like the person of the month that they were mad at. And when that person goes from job to job or whatever, listen, all these things, will, uh, an angry person will always be angry. And this is good wisdom for you and for me. Listen, if you're going to rescue an angry person, understand that, yeah, you may do that a few times, but until he deals with it, he's addicted to the anger. An angry man stirs up dissension, Proverbs 29:22. An angry man stirs up conflict, stirs up uh, conflict, dissension. A hot-tempered one commits many sins. Ooh, a hot-tempered man. He gets into all kinds of trouble. Um, and, and listen, I'm saying he, because I'm a he. You put in he or she. This isn't just men with anger. We're just the ones who get the credit for it. Everybody deals with anger. 
And I want, I want to encourage you. So, so understand, first of all, the destructive nature of anger. However, I want to show you the other side of anger. Because in the Scriptures, anger is not totally bad. Like, we think of anger because we've seen the abuse of anger. We've seen the fallen side of anger. But I want to, I want to share this with you, that the pure anger, pure anger in itself is actually a good thing. And that's the second point in your notes. Anger is actually a good thing. Pure anger, like, like God himself is angry. What? You say, wait a minute, I thought God was all loving. Well, the scriptures tell us that he is angry. Over in Psalm, uh, uh, Exodus 34, chapter 6, he says that Moses, he was revealing his glory to Moses. And he passed, God passed in front of Moses. And I'll read it for you from Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So God himself is slow to anger. Proverbs 16.32 says this, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. 16.32, Proverbs 16.32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Think of all the mighty people in our land. The person who is slow to anger, you're better off than the mighty person. We've seen mighty people in our land that, that don't, don't have a grip on this. Um, God says, listen, if you will be slow to anger, it's better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit, control over his tongue, over his mouth, over his spirit, he is the one who captures a city. He's better than the one who captures a city. Ephesians 4.26 says this, to be angry and yet do not sin. He doesn't say, he doesn't say uh, you know what, just in case you get angry, here's the contingency. He says, be angry and do not sin. Um, he's not trying to minimize the damage. He's trying to show you here that anger, there are things that we should be angry at. I want you to think about some of the things that we should be angry at. What are some of the things we should be angry at? God is angry at your sin, not at you. Did you catch that? You see, he's angry at your sin, not at you. And why is he angry at your sin? Because your sin is destroying your life. Your sin is causing a a, a spread in the relationship between you and God. And so your anger, the anger of God is not pulverizing everything about you. It's coming and it's making a surgical strike. It's coming down and saying, only on this, this is the area that we must deal with. So God himself goes to the cross And the surgical strike was whenever Jesus was on the cross. The anger of the Father goes upon Jesus himself. He pays for the price. And so he does this as a surgical strike on your life. And you get to have life eternal. John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You might have it to the full. So God is not sitting here picking on you. He's not obliterating everything in sight. He said, listen, I have dealt with this in my own son, Jesus Christ. He is the only one. You couldn't pay the price. I could obliterate you. But no, 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 no. I love you. So because of my love and because of my justice, because of my holiness, because I am slow to anger, I'm sending my own son to the cross. How many thousands of years was that promise given? 
And Jesus goes to the cross 4,000 years later. We're on the other side of the cross 2,000 years looking back. When God destroyed the world with a flood, he gave them 120 years. He put Noah out there to build the ark. He gave them 120 years. He says, I am slow to anger. Therefore, I'm giving you 120 years to figure out to get in this boat. 120 years. And people still walked away from his, from his grace. You see, you see the, the, he was coming and he says, listen, I've got to deal with the sin. He loves you, but your sin must be dealt with. And he dealt with it on the cross. Thanks be to God that he dealt with it on the cross. For you and I, we want that characteristic of God in our life. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. Proverbs 19.11. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. And it is his glory. To overlook a transgression. Man, we typically get angry because somebody's offended us. Because somebody snubbed us. Because somebody's done something to me. And, uh, and God says, it's better for you to be slow to anger. I, I want to encourage you to think about the things that you should be angry about versus the things that you are angry about. Most of the time, you're angry because your feelings got hurt. Because somebody went after your significance. Because something was said or done and it messed with your image. It messed what people think. And you are more worried about what people think about you than some of these issues that are happening in our world. Think about the issues that are happening in our world. What should we be angry about? When I go overseas and I'm on a missions trip and I see in the black market down in those places, I remember years ago going to Haiti, seeing that they would take uh, care packages from the United States uh, that our government would send down there and they, the locals would be selling them off to the people. They're to be given away. See, we should get angry about that. That's an injustice. I mean, we should be like, there should be a pulverizing and the pulverizing should not be on the people, but on the issue. Let's go to the issue. Let's deal with it. And see, that's the health of anger. There's areas in my life. I, listen, there's things in my life I should be angry about. Do you realize you will make no change in your life until you get a little mad? Man, I am mad about a couple things right now. Not you. But things in my life. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm done talking. I'm ready to do a surgical strike. Boom! Right? Not with the wrong heart, but with the right heart. And I'm saying there's things in my life that got to change. This is 2022. I've set aside 21 days of prayer. I want to invite you to set aside 21 days. If you haven't started yet, start tomorrow morning. Set those 21 days aside and say, God, what will you do in my life? God, I'm setting that this is a holy period set aside unto you. And you know what God is going to do? He's going to reveal to you the things that need to change in your life. And listen, those things I got to get a little bit angry at. And whenever I get at those, I say, okay, God, you got to take my own anger. God, you got to take this, this characteristic of me over here. And so as I've gone after these things already... Last year, during the 21 days of prayer, it was a powerful moment for me. That was whenever I said, okay, God, I'm asking you. And God revealed a couple things that were very necessary in my life. This year, I'm doing the same thing. 
meet with God all year, but there's every now and then a concentrated time. And I said, Lord, give me the direction for 2022. I don't have it. I don't know. I'm like Solomon. I'm coming saying, Lord, there's a congregation of people that need you. Lord, lead us and guide us. And so God says, listen, there's sometimes that you've got to get angry at the right things. And so as I'm looking at my own life, I want to encourage you to look at your own life What are the things that we should be angry about? You know, most of the time we get angry about things that are insignificant. Most of the time we get angry about things that are related to the things that we love the most. Isn't that what anger is? It's a protection. See, God's anger is because he loves you the most. In its very basic form, it's a form of love. And and now, now check this out. He that is angry, this is John Chrysostom said this. He's one of the early church fathers. He said this, that he that is angry without cause sins. But he who is not angry where there is cause sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. What he's saying here is this. There's three approaches you can have towards anger. No anger. I'm not supposed to ever be angry. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. He said over in Ephesians 4, be angry. So we're going to put them up here. No anger, number one, all right? Number two is blowing anger. Man, that's when World War III is going off, right? That's the blow up. And most of you, that's the only thing you ever knew about anger. You see, I never knew any other anger. These were the only two options I ever knew. I only knew the blow up anger. And that's my first vice. Why? Because that's what I saw. That was what was modeled before. My dad, when we were kids, it was World War III every day. It didn't matter what I did wrong. It was a war. It was like... And what he did was not... With that blowing anger, he did not do a surgical strike. He obliterated our emotions. He obliterated our security. He obliterated many things. He's now with the Lord. We've let that stuff go. I don't have to be mad at him for that anymore. Amen? And even if he were still alive living in anger, I don't have to live in anger because of somebody else's anger. And so God given us. So, so, but that was my only modeling was blowing anger or to retreat. Oh, it'll be okay. Did you ever get around somewhere like that? Something bad's really happened. Oh, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. I know, I know some people that I love dearly. That's what they do. Their first course of action is, oh, it'll be all right. Just, just, just don't talk about it. He's really mad. Don't talk about it. No, we have to deal with it. We're not to suppress it, but we are to be slow to anger. And as you are slow to anger, that's the third anger there. No anger, blowing anger, or slow to anger. We are slow to anger. And it doesn't mean that, hey, I'm slow to blow up and cause a problem and do this with a self-motive. No, no, I am slow to take that action. And I'm thinking about it because I'm going to come down and I'm going to deal with it. Once you think about your kids, you know, when when uh, when you just get married, isn't it so much fun? Newlyweds, you know, it's so much fun. Some, you know, a lot of weddings, we had a wedding yesterday. There's so many weddings happening right now. It's so much fun. And then kids come along. You know, they, they used, I heard the statement that said that, uh, you know, until you have kids, it's just a really long date, you know. 
It's like when you have kids, everything changes. Your whole life, every ounce of your being, every penny in your pocketbook, and everybody else's, right? Everything changes because your kids, they take everything. They take your mental, your physical, you don't sleep. I mean, everything. And then you've given all that you can to these kids. I mean, you just give and you give and you give. And one day that 16-year-old comes in and says, I hate you. Really? And you just gave and you gave. And, 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 and this 16-year-old's mad because you wouldn't let him do whatever. You don't love me, Dad. And so it just goes on and on and on with all these things about what you've done and da-da-da-da-da. And you have an option there. You can do one of two, three things. You can say, well, he'll be okay. Just kind of stay away from him. Or you can, you can react because you're 30 years older than your son. And you have a whole lot more experience at verbally abusing somebody, Right? And you can come back and, oh, you're an idiot. Or you can be slow to anger. Son, I'll deal with you. I need to go meet with God first. And after you meet with God, you sit down with your son or daughter or whatever your child is. And you sit down and you say, okay, now here's the truth. You were out past curfew. Mom and dad love you. You're not going to do that again. That's the truth. And see, what you did was you came down to a surgical strike and you didn't destroy. Most of us only know the destroying. Slow to anger. And this is why God sent Jesus on the cross and it was surgical right to the cross. And nobody else in the way paid the price like Jesus did. And you get to have eternal life because of that surgical strike for your soul. Amen? Now that's what I'm talking about. One author said like this, Anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is. And the final form of hate is to be indifferent. We see something in our family. If you ignore it, you're not helping. You've got to be slow to anger. We don't blow up. We don't ignore it. We look things in the face and we move forward. And so I want to remind you of the cross today. You know, Jesus says there is victory for you. You deal with anger. You know what? I deal with anger. Everybody deals with anger. If you're not, you're not human. The, the Proverbs puts it in here very clear. But I wanted you to see the, the, the disruption of anger versus the... Uh, versus the uh, the, the true power of anger, what it was originally designed for. As a matter of fact, we get into this thing, and point number three in your notes is this. Disordered love leads to disordered anger. Disordered love leads to disordered anger. As you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I, you know, what happens? Many times we get angry because somebody has offended me because somehow, somewhere along the line, my, my significance has been put at jeopardy. My ego, what you think of me, like I'm mad because you no longer think highly of me. And those are the type of things that we really get messed up on. And really God says, you got it. you're getting it backwards. If you're, if you're coming to me for your significance, whether I'm your spouse, your dad, your grandfather, your friend, or your pastor, 
I can't provide that for you. And so whenever things happen, what do we do? We get angry and we say, and we blow up all relationships around us. When you have the love in the right order, you say, okay, God, I'm going to love you first, and I'm going to get my significance from you. And, and if this person doesn't approve of me, this person, I let them down, my performance, they didn't like my performance, I'm still okay. And now I don't have this anger to deal with. And, and, and see, because what happens is when I have that love out order, I've got to have love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? So start there. If I love him first and I'm getting my significance from God, you know what my significance from God is? I am a child of the King. I'm a child of the Most High. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who belong to Christ. So why should I get mad when you condemn me? Why? And this is where it is. So we've got to get our love back into the right order. Disordered love leads to disordered anger. But there's good news. There's victory. The good news is there's victory over anger. There's victory over anger, and it's available in Jesus. Read this out loud with me. Good news. All right, now let's try this again like it's good news. Okay? Let's shout it like you're the newspaper boy. Good news. All right, you ready? Good news. Victory over anger is available in Jesus. There is victory. You can have victory in Jesus. Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, gentleness, patience. That's the opposite of anger, isn't it? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. They're against. He continues on. He says, against these things there is no law. Nobody will ever come over and give you a ticket for being kind or patient. You know, when you go to the mall, the mall cop, on his two little wheels... You know, I went out to the village the other day, and I couldn't believe that. We have a mall cop at South Hills Village now. I, I, I was blown away. Maybe I've been sheltered, but, you know, my kids have told me that I am Paul Blart. Okay? You, you know that movie, Mall Cop? Go home and watch it and think of your pastor, okay? They have told me that. They sit there and laugh and say, Dad, that's you. I said, well, that's what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm going to be the mall cop, right? So, so listen, the mall cop... I was out there the other day, and I smiled at the people who, who hand, you know, I bought something, and then people smiled, and they handed it back to me. I'm smiling. I'm like, hey, good day. Hey, what's your name? I always like when somebody has a name tag on, I call them by their name. Try that. People absolutely love that. That's why they wear that, and nobody does that. So, so you go into the, into the place, and, hey, John, how are you? Like, you know my name. I'm like, well, you put it right on your shirt. Okay? But here, here's what to do. If you're patient and kind, the mall cop isn't going to come over and write a ticket to you for that. When I was there, the mall cop was writing, it, writing tickets and kicking people out of the mall last week because they were cussing and screaming and making all kinds of problems because they had anger issues. And there was two people, and I was like, oh, I'm staying out of that way. I'm not getting in the midst of that explosion because I don't know what could happen. Uh, here's three things to do. Number one, admit it. Somebody comes to you and says, you're an angry person, admit it. You have anger over this issue, admit it. Uh, don't run away from it, admit it. That is the first step. Then analyze it. Analyze it. Say, okay, 
all right, what am I really angry for? What am I defending here? What is it? If love is a protection of some, if anger is a protection of something I love, what is it that I'm loving too much? Maybe I'm loving my reputation too much. Maybe I'm loving what people think of me. Maybe I'm loving something where I can't, something temporary that, that I'm wanting to be eternal. Maybe that's the issue. Look here at Proverbs 24, 28, and 9. It says this, Do not testify against your neighbor without cause or use your lips to deceive. Do not say, I'll do to him as he has done to me. I'll pay that back for what he did. Do not do that. Somebody's done something to you. Don't pay them back for what they've done. And, you know, this is an angry person here. He says, don't do it. And then you go to the verse before. He says, do not testify against your neighbor without a just cause. And listen, what is the just cause? You've affected my security? No. See, we've, we've elevated the just cause to be the wrong just cause. There's a bigger cause. Man, listen, we've got neighbors that need Jesus. They need a Savior. We should be angry about that. Not angry at them, angry about the fact that they need a Savior. So what am I going to do? It's going to motivate me to go tell them about Jesus. So I go over and I say, hey, here's an apple pie. I want you to know about my Jesus. Okay, here, I'm going to do this for you today. I'm going to shovel your walk today. I'm going to do whatever because I am so upset that you are going to go to a Christless eternity that I have got to do something about this. But yet, we're more offended because the neighbor cut our tree. We're more offended because they didn't say hi. We're more offended about the things that are all self-centered and not the things that God values. Admit it, analyze it, and then lastly, transform it. Transform it. God transforms it. And I love what he says here. Proverbs 15.1 says that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. See the flip? Gentle answer. There's your heart words. Proverbs 15, 21 and 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. 15, 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. Hmm. Is that how you treat your enemies? We typically run from them, don't we? If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. When you show kindness to somebody who's angry, listen, he says that in doing, in doing that, in giving him water and giving him food, you will, be, you will be putting a heap of coals on his head. And you know what? That's what, it, that, that's what God calls us to do. You ever heard the phrase, kill him with kindness? Well, you're not supposed to kill him. Just be kind. Just be kind. And you see, I can be kind to my enemy because they're not jeopardizing my significance. That's already taken care of in Jesus. If you've offended me, I can still be kind to you. It's okay that we disagree. We agree to disagree. I don't have to pulverize you because my significance is coming from somebody else. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Let's close in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I want, to, uh, I want to take you to Christ. There are, it's so easy for us to get angered and to get angry at the wrong things. I think there's money, pains in life, folks, and sometimes our first reaction is anger. And uh, 
And I want to encourage you to take that and become a surgical strike and not condemn the person, not overreact, not underreact, but be slow to anger and deal with things in a truthful manner. Sit down and have honest conversations. And we take these things to the Lord because all the anger that you ever had towards God, He absorbed it on the cross. And all the anger that God had towards us, Jesus absorbed that on the cross. So therefore, you can be angry and sin not. Father God, be with each person as we walk this journey. God, thank you for these powerful, powerful things that you have told us in your word. We ask that you will move mightily as we seek to live out and do these things, to live like a pro, live like the person you've called us to live. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we respond?